Success Happens is a pre-recorded show this week. The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. It's Success Happens on 930 WFMD, blending business and politics. Success Happens with your host, Jen Charlton. Good morning and welcome to Success Happens. It is another great day here and I'm so excited to be with you. And today's show is very important because it's about election integrity. And the first uh, series of uh, segments you're going to hear are from Dan Cox, an interview I did with Dan about election integrity and his involvement as a member of President Trump's volunteer legal team in Philadelphia, Boots on the Ground. So take a listen to this interview with Dan Cox. Well, thank you, Jennifer. And I I echo your words, um, just uh, valuing and and respecting uh, your heritage and the heritage of freedom in our country. And I'll tell you, both of my grandfathers served in uh, World War II, post-World War II era. Um, One of them a fighter pilot, the other one served um, in the uh, Berlin Airlift uh, as a a United States Air Force officer. And then my my wife's side of the family, Vietnam veteran was her father, served uh, um, excellently on his tour with a big red one and uh, came back to the the obvious disgust of uh, the people, which was so sad. Uh, but but more than that, uh, his also his father served in the Battle of Anzio and uh, was uh, received a Purple Heart. So we have a long military heritage of freedom. And you know, that's why, as you know, Jennifer, that's, that's why I felt uh, compelled to one of the reasons to run for office and, you know, to make sure that the heritage of freedom we have doesn't, uh, doesn't drop and, and fall to the ground. And, and that was why it was an honor to serve with President Trump's uh, volunteer lawyer team in Philadelphia uh, to try to prevent this, this uh, theft of the election. And, you know, our biggest regret as, as team members is that um, we weren't able to stop it. It was, a, um, it was a, a scheme of international proportions. Did you have any idea, Dan, at that time that it was a scheme of, of international proportion. Did you did you really know what you were getting yourself into at the point at which they asked you to participate? Not entirely. There were some concerns, um, for instance, when we arrived in Philadelphia, some of the other individuals on the other side that were showing up were also clearly um, from out of state and, and uh, well connected to to groups uh, that, that seemed to have some uh, interesting connections su- such as the Blue Crest voting machine seemed to uh, to be uh, obviously uh, something that was brand new and being used and and did not have um, significant uh, American ties. It seemed obviously that there's um, issues and, and questions regarding uh, the extent of this, and and that's beyond a lot of my purview. But what we witnessed and what we saw was a cover up of uh, the the lawyers not being provided access. I mean even. I believe Rudy Giuliani and his team, when they finally came to Philadelphia, it was a shock to us to see the power of the local officials blocking them from observing the election day process and and the counting process um, in the days thereafter. And the only thing that can be surmised with that is that there are powers far beyond what we understood that were working this le- election in a coordinated fashion because we saw that in all of the swing states. When you reflect back on what happened, do you think that they had been planning this for a while? In other words, this was not happenstance. This was well thought through 
as you said, orchestrated and planned. Is that accurate? That is accurate. There's no way that you could have had these amazingly expensive, massive voting machines, uh, brand new and set up to bring in all of these COVID mail-in ballots and, um, and have an, a rate of error that um, is not disclosable, allowing all of these mail-in ballots to be pushed through the system without any real verifications of residency, of affidavit verifications, and of secrecy envelope verifications. All of these things uh, are uh, incredible processes that were set up well in advance, and we saw it happening right before our eyes. It was so well-oiled, Jennifer, when uh, a member of the president's cabinet's top lawyer was standing with me as a volunteer as well. When, when we were together there working uh, the main uh, West Philadelphia County uh, review, which had a significant impact on the state of Pennsylvania, because if, if we could protect the vote and make sure that the vote was a legal vote in that county, we could win Pennsylvania. That was uh, the same with most of the Beltway counties around the, the city of Philadelphia. And as we know, Philadelphia has a long history of uh, voter intimidation and, and uh, you know fraud. So we were there and this was ground zero. And we saw what we saw there was clearly a well-oiled machine complete with union representatives wearing uh, masks working in the polls as badged uh, authorized access employees and or volunteers in the system um, all the way through to the stacks and stacks of these uh, so-called mail-in ballots that came in after president trump won that night we watched him win a million votes we knew we won pennsylvania and then these stacks of what appeared to us by the uh, naked eye to be very clearly computer type printout ballots. It, I mean, the ovals were perfect on thousands. I'm talking stacks and stacks of thousands of ballots that were perfectly printed ovals. We alleged that that was taking place and needed to be checked because it just didn't uh, uh, in any way seem to match the um, the, the way that the normal ballots would come in where you have a ballot where you have somebody sending a mail in and they they hand write the oval and well how come that didn't appear to be the case with um with so, so many thousands envelopes so for clarity then what you're saying is that the the ballots had the circle so perfectly beautifully crafted by a print machine it was not hand filled in like a mail-in ballot would have to be Exactly. And I, I have a history, a background in education. Uh, before I uh, became a lawyer and uh, before I became a politician, I, I worked 10 years in the education field. And one of my jobs as an administrator of a school was to administ administer um, the standardized testings of uh, high schoolers, including the PSAT test. And many, many people have heard about the SAT and the PSAT. And I was involved in, in those. And those have little uh, oval fill-ins. And, and these are kids taking tests that are, you know, going on to uh, apply to Harvard and, and University of Maryland and, and you name it. These are smart kids. And even so, carefully filling in ovals, you still have an occasional bump where you can see it is, in fact, a human hand that was filling that oval in. Well, that's not the case of what we witnessed in, in Pennsylvania. Vast numbers, vast numbers of those were perfectly filled out and printed, much like Almost, in fact, I turned to my, my friend from the Trump cabinet, the, the cabinet attorney who was there, and I, I, I looked at him and I said, does that, does that look familiar to you? Look at all those thousands of, as they're scanning, you can see every ballot, and every single one was almost identical, always a Biden vote, and no down, very few down ballot votes, which makes it questionable. So they couldn't take time to, about the down ballot. They just had to get the Biden thing sure. done. 
So I said, does that, does that look familiar to you? Because it does to me. And he said, yeah, it looks like a, a computer printout. And I said, yeah, it looks to me like those sample SAT questions they send college kids, right? The, the sample testing uh, uh, forms that you fill out, I mean, where they print those out, um, you know, or, or other kinds of oval type print, print offs. It was just uh, unreal, but that was just one aspect. The other aspect, obviously, Jennifer, and we can go into this as you, um, as you want to ask the questions, but the other aspect that we, we witnessed um, has great impact, I think, right here in Maryland, and that was the integrity of those machines. All right, so let's talk about Maryland because that's our, our, our state and in this uh, defend our vote, you know, one of the things that we're doing is looking at each of the states and we're, we're charged with helping our fellow citizens here in Maryland to defend our vote. And we'll be asking everybody who's listening here, if you live in Maryland and you want to help us, we're going to give you information how to reach out to us, okay? So just stay tuned for that. But Dan, you mentioned something about Frederick County, which you're a District 4 delegate in the state of Maryland, and that's part of your district. The other part is in Carroll County. You mentioned some data to me that I found interesting. Talk about the data for Frederick County, because we've always thought of Frederick County as very pristine in our approach to the election process. But the numbers don't bear that out. Could you share with everyone what you learned well, sure, and I, I think what we learned in Pennsylvania and in Philadelphia was that we have to begin a verification and audit process in order to protect the election, both the 2020 election uh, as well as our future elections, or else we've lost the country, and we all know this. So, what we did was when I came when I came back to uh, from Philadelphia, the first thing I did was I I pulled some of the reports and looked carefully at them, and sure enough, to my uh, surprise, a great surprise. If you look at the, the voting in Frederick, we've historically been a, a very conservative red county. Recently, there have been trends with great numbers of registrations um, to attempt to trend that blue. Democrats, we know, have been targeting the county for that. Uh, very interestingly, at the same time, there's a moratorium on building in the county. So how people are moving in without new housing being uh, built that wasn't already in the pipeline is questionable, although uh, there was significant, uh, there was some housing sig significantly in the pipeline. So that, that is one answer uh, potentially. But what we noticed and what I looked at were the numbers of registrations far outpaced the history of Maryland and of Frederick County. For instance, we had under President Trump's presidency, we had 23,000 new registrations in Frederick County. And yet, uh, literally, I think the average um, building of houses was somewhere below a thousand a year. So we might have had 4,000 houses built and, and probably less than that because of the uh, the general state of the, the of things and, and how long uh, housing takes to build in, in a during a moratorium in Frederick County. So if you think about that, 23,000 new people moving in allegedly to Frederick. And interestingly, what we what I looked and just discovered was that um, although Hillary had lost to President Trump by 3,000 votes and that President Trump had gained approximately 9,000 new votes because of the red wave that came out for him in Frederick County, somehow basement Biden came up with 21,000 new votes above Hillary's numbers. Now, how that was possible is, um, you know, is, is, a, is a real question. And I think uh, when, you, when you look at um, those numbers and, and you start realizing 23,000 new votes, 21,000 for Biden, um, and then you look at uh, 
the, the question of demographics and where are these people moving from and are they true residences? We realized um, quickly, and I, I put forth an, a PIA on this, not, not, to, uh, not to question the local um, uh, elected uh, board of elections, uh, but the, the, the fact that these numbers were, were alarming and not explainable under normal statistical analysis lended an, an important review. And um, to date, we've been stymied from having a full, complete access to those records, and we're still pursuing them. But When did you submit the PIA? Uh, that was submitted, uh, attempted to be submitted in December, and then was finally, I, I believe, um, our central committee followed up uh, with a letter to the local board on, on, on January 4th. So one thing I want to mention to everybody listening, that we're going to, by the end of this uh, one hour, we're going to give you some tools. Mm -hmm. One of those tools is pursuing a Public Information Act, PIA, in our Maryland area, it's called an MPIA, and you have the power to request that if you have a group or organization that you're working with, that group or organization can make that request. They are compelled to answer. So the fact that they have not responded, what are you doing about that, Dan, to hold them to account to deliver the information because we have a right to know the truth? Well, we're working through the committee, uh, the, the Republican Central Committee, which I'm a member of currently. Um, they agreed with my vote to, um, to have this request for an audit and we were gonna pay for it. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, with myself being in session the last three months, um, there hasn't been any action in the central committee at this point to move that ball. So we're looking, you know, to moving that forward now that I'm finished. Um, it is a question though, of just getting access and the law is clear. They're supposed to have provided the information within 30 days. They have not. We're going to follow up on that and, and get access to that information. But one of the things that I've noticed in door knocking just in random samples, and obviously this is not a scientific test at this point, it's just random samples. But uh, in some of the communities that allege a, a massive number of Democrat registrations changing. But one of the problems that we've noticed is that there are multiple registrations at houses that we may or may not have the same number of residents uh, listed in the property records and in um, mail records, et cetera. So there are multiple adults at certain Democrat houses, in fact, in certain areas, without getting into too much detail, in certain areas of the county from our sampling, we're showing four or more registered Democrats at a particular residence when a home appears to only have one or two uh, individuals living there. Now, obviously, this is not scientific. We're just starting the process. I mean, have they registered dead people? Well, that, you know... That is a concern across the line, and I'll tell you why that's a concern, and it's just because the, the, the nature of things. In Maryland and Pennsylvania, when we were there, uh, there, is a, there is a deadline, for instance, in Pennsylvania to challenge dead, dead voters, and what that means is you have to be able to do incredibly fast research um, within the five days after the election in order to actually it's it's the elections tuesday i think you have to have the certification in up there by friday of your thousands and thousands of dead voters and yes dead voters dead voters do vote and that's a problem the reason why they do is not just for fraud but um, because of the mail-in scheme the mail-in ballots allowed people to vote weeks and even months in advance and then when people pass away that, that vote is not valid. And why is that? Because the Constitution of the United States of America says there is a day for voting. It's called Election Day. You can't start voting months in advance and then have that ballot count. 
And unfortunately in Pennsylvania, they did count them uh, for the large, for the most part. There were many that the Secretary of State, I'm aware of, uh, tried to eliminate some of them that were challenged, but the Republican Party of Pennsylvania decided against a certification challenge of many of those uh, deadline ballots simply, I think, and what I was told is simply because they were overwhelmed uh, with the, the deadline. You know, as a member of Trump's team, that was concerning because we wanted to press every single challenge. That was the issue. And uh, unfortunately, you know, we kept getting um, rebuffed many times, and that's sadly the way it happens across the state. Rebuffed by mm -hmm. whom? It's a matter of fact that we had to report up, and I did, I was part of the reporting up of concerns with the president's team to individuals like Rudy Giuliani, of, of individuals from the RNC, and, and again, lots of great people with the RNC, but a couple people that were in Pennsylvania from the RNC and also potentially with the Pennsylvania State Party that saw things differently, made their arguments as to why the president's team's view um, was not something they agreed with, uh, one of them being the deadline. I, I personally demanded that we challenge all the thousands of voters who were dead um, by the 5 p.m. deadline. We had that list. We were compiling more of them because you have to do cross checks with Social Security, with obituaries, and with uh, other Department of State records. You have to do that very quickly. We had many of those thousands of challenges, just like we had challenges of the um, provisional ballots and the, and the mail-in ballots. And sadly, on each of those challenges, um, certain individuals overruled us and waived those objections. And so thousands of ballots were, were counted that were unlawful. In other words, were not, were not allowed to be counted. So, so let's, let's talk, so, so the message here is know, know your team. <laughs> Number one, Absolutely. your team and trust them. And if you don't, don't have Absolutely. them on your team. That's a that's a lesson yeah. here. Uh, absolutely. And we know that there are rhinos. And unfortunately, we live in the great state of Maryland where we have many. And uh, and unfortunately, they portray themselves to be conservative or on on our team. And they really, really are not. So they undermine the process. So we got to make sure we know. So now I want to get into before we have to go. I want to get into what actions can we take? What how what do we need people to do to one correct this election? Because I am a firm believer. I've said it for, for from the beginning. We need a, a do over. <laughs> we need a do over. But if we can't get a do over, we got to correct this thing because it's a Absolutely. it's a mess. And it, if we don't, we we lose our country. They they're already putting things in place that will substantially undermine our constitution and our and our prospects for the future so how do we correct 2020 dan quickly kind of bullet if you would for us what are some things that people need to do well first and foremost they need to be involved in their sent in their local republican party central committees and the reason for that is those central committees county by county have tremendous influence in the local elections and the local elections as we all know are the elections that win the, the, the elections for the entire state. I mean, that impacts the entire state. And so, for instance, in President Trump's case in Pennsylvania, if, uh, and, and we had some great people on the ground and, and as well as in the county party, but if the people involved uh, had been more able to exercise their powers without the state party officials overriding them or other impacts, um, it would have been a much better outcome, I think. We would have had greater challenges. And that begins with people getting involved in their central committees and in the state party. That's essential. The second part that, that needs to happen is citizen and, and um, voter uh, 
auditing. I mean, we need to have groups of caring people who volunteer their time to put in, uh, you know, the uh, like in Maryland, we have the Public Information Act request. Every state has a form of this Information Act request. They need to put in uh, a letter for that and they need to review the data. And there are, you know, ways to raise money. I, I wish the party, in fact, if you're involved in the party, you can try to to raise money to, to do this auditing as well. But the uh, here's some of the aspects of auditing that, that can be done. Access to mail-in envelopes. Why is that important? Because the envelopes are mandated by law to be signed under oath, sometimes twice with an affidavit. If they are not, that ballot is an illegal ballot. The reason why this is important is because you have vote harvesting. We all know that vote harvesters with the Democratic Party went around precinct by precinct, gathering ballots for individuals and even allegedly paying people to produce those ballots and to vote. Now, what happens with vote harvesting is that when you when you have massive mail-in balloting, you also have a massive mail system that mails those ballots out. And they're sitting out there in people's houses. So these vote harvesters go around door to door from the Democratic Party and do what I believe is illegal and uh, maybe a, a technical bypass in Maryland law, but it's not appropriate to be in any way influencing people's ballots, such as, um, you know, certainly not uh, paying people to get those ballots turned in and then watching them fill out the ballot and making sure they vote a certain way. This is, an, this is absolutely not the democratic system, but what happens with that process when you have the massive mail-in system, there is no check presently on the signatures, the, the, the law, and everyone will tell you, oh, there's no voter fraud because we have verifications in many different levels. You have affidavit signed verifications on the envelopes. Then you have cross-checking with the signatures on the voter registration file. Then you have a check on the precinct list of registered voters that are active and still living there. All of these protections exist, they say. The problem with that is they rely entirely on these, these uh, voter machines to check the, whether there's even a signature on the ballot. And depending on how you calibrate the machines, which were paid for in many cases by people like Zuckerberg, um, we had the Blue Crest machine in Philadelphia. We have, I think it's called EMS or e ESMS machines in Maryland. The, the way those are calibrated matters because if they are not picking up signatures, then they're allowing ballots through that are not affidavit signed, first of all. Secondly, if they're not cross-checking with the database the actual signature, then anyone can sign. And we found this. I found over 6,000 and made these challenges, 6,000 provisional and absentee mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania that we challenged in just one county that was around Philadelphia, the West Philly area. And in those thousands of challenges, many, many of these signatures did not match at all. Thanks for listening to Success Happens. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Sweeties on the Creek. We're scooping now. It's a great day. Come in, check us out for some wonderful new flavors. And also, I'd like to thank KW Photography and Design for doing a great job on my website and social media work and uh, photography. She's excellent. So check out Kira Wynn at KW Photography and Design. And we'll be right back. Hey everybody, I'm excited to announce our first ever Success Happens American Business Summit. This event will bring my leadership and marketing strategies to shift for success alongside the expertise of nationally recognized speaker and author, 
Charlie China. Charlie captivates his audience and will teach you how to master the mindset, mission, and moves to generate your success. Charlie and I are perfectly balanced to provide you with the tools and thinking to help you reach your business goals. You will want to be with us on June 4th at Turf Valley Resort for a full day of comprehensive strategies and fun. The day will wrap up with a lovely networking event to facilitate you building success with others. Save $200 this week only. Go to charltoncommunications.com to register. We look forward to seeing you on June 4th. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at wfmd.com. Thanks for being with us. We welcome your uh, feedback. You can find us on Success Happens, YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Charlton Communications. We will also post this uh, Dan Cox interview as well as Mike Lindell on Success Happens YouTube channel. So please go back there and check out the entire uh, show. So if you have any questions, you can reach out to me at jennifer at charltoncommunications.com. And in those thousands of challenges, many, many of these signatures did not match at all. So you would have a scribble on the envelope, obviously from someone who didn't know who they were signing for, but they just scribbled to make, to trick the machine, in my opinion. Then you look at the voter file and I would. Did it work? Did it trick the machine? Yes, because they were not uh, kicked out. They were just list, you know, they were allowed in. And if it's provisional, this is how our sampling came up with the data because we were able to see every single provisional ballot because those weren't put through the normal machine process. For the people watching, what do we do to catch it or how do we correct it at this point? Sure, all of those envelopes exist. By law, they're not allowed to be thrown away. To date, to my knowledge, no one has audited those mail-in envelopes. We know for a fact that absent the massive dumps of mail-in ballots, President Trump won 90 million or so votes in this country and, and is the president of the United States. However, after 10 o'clock when they shut down polls very oddly throughout the night, all of a sudden these mail-in ballots started being dumped. And uh, those ballots are mandated to have affidavits with their envelopes. And to date, and this is I think what they might be doing in Maricopa County, Arizona, but I know in uh, to date in Pennsylvania, I issued a demand uh, I know the Rudy Giuliani team received that demand and we're uh, submitting that to this, through the state party to review those envelopes. Uh, but to date, I, the, the court uh, procedures that we were involved in denied our access to that information, just simply did not grant that kind of access. So it needs to be accessed through Public Information Act requests instead of court orders. And that is uh, still out there, still able to be done. For sake of time, because we only have an hour, want to make sure we move through a couple of things. Can we do a class action lawsuit against Smartmatics or the machine company? So, so people are clear, apparently Smartmatics and Dominion have subsidiary companies and that's how they kind of work their way uh, surreptitiously, you know, under the radar with these various companies that are nefarious acts to weight the votes and, and to do what you said about the, you know, seeing the signatures or, or the, the little round holes that we we're supposed to fill in. So they've jerry-rigged the system and it is a coordinated attack, we know that, across the country. Is there not some legal action, you're an attorney, some legal action we can do collectively against that company to get a temporary restraining order? Well, I'm, I'm not gonna 
speak directly to those companies. I don't have enough information about any particular company to speak on that either in in uh, speculation or in a legal sense. So I'm just talking from my experience as a as a citizen and as a voter and as a representative uh, alternate delegate for the uh, President Trump team and as a member of his volunteer lawyers for Trump. We saw that there was a need to at least review and check and audit the metadata and the uh, chain of custody data from any machine. And I, I don't care what machine or company it is, they have a chain of custody data report and they have uh, metadata reports for the counting process of these mail-in ballots showing whether or not they're reflecting the actual numbers of the ballots and the votes that were supposedly counted. So we put an electronic request hold request under federal law. Uh, we issued that. I know uh, that was something that I drafted for, for the, the Giuliani team. Those electronic uh, hold requests can be uh, pursued, but that's, that's beyond what I what was involved with. But what I think we can do as citizens is issue Public Information Act requests on that same metadata, on that same chain of custody data from all of these machines, and we can have a fundraiser process across the United States for all of these swing states like Pennsylvania and even states that I believe were like uh, Maryland that won that that President Trump won on election night handily overwhelmingly and yet all of a sudden the mail-in ballots come in and allegedly flip the state for, for Biden but we don't have any verification of the envelopes like I mentioned with the signatures we don't have any ver verification of the chain of custody of these um, uh, of ballots and of the metadata so that we can then verify, okay, the machine says, you know, this county had 100,000 ballots that came in uh, for Biden and, and 110,000 for Trump. But yet, that's what the machine is saying. That's what the metadata. And yet, all of a sudden, the actual numbers being produced at the end of the day show that somehow when you combine the, the mail-in voting machines and all the other uh, counting processes, Biden wins by by over 100,000 in a county that never should have gone that hard for Biden, that those statistical numbers have to be audited and checked, and they're not being done in a substantive way, to my knowledge, in, in any of these um, uh, uh, state uh, counties in Maryland. I know Maryland has a audit process, but they do random sampling. And this is a bill that I put in to, to make it mandatory prior to certifications to do more than random sampling, to do higher percentages of checks on these on this data but right now they certify it without even auditing auditing in maryland so let me ask you why do you think they reprinted the ballots in spring of 2020 remember they reprinted not, all those ballots and the governor came out and said oops you know i don't know what happened so we have to redo the ballots i i think something is there i think someone should investigate and find out why it's very odd i also am aware that and i was i was informed that there were literally uh, hundreds of thousands of ballots available in addition to the numbers of voters that we had in Maryland. Well, why is it that when we have, uh, what is it, 3.5 million or so voters in Maryland, um, whatever that amount is, we only have 6 million or so people in Maryland, we have a, a very limited number of voters that are actually lawfully here and registered lawfully in Maryland, and yet we printed, I think, three times the number of voter ballots, and those were all held in warehouses, so we had stashes and stashes of ballots that were blank and able to be accessed and used. And there's been no audit on what happened to those numbers. Every single ballot, not only that was voted should be counted, but every ballot that was printed 
should be audited as to where it is. And accounted for. And accounted for in connection and verified according to the voting lists for every precinct and county. So this is pure um, madness when it comes to a, you know, a free and fair election to say that everything was done by the book. It just wasn't. It's, a, it's, it's worse than some uh, third world uh, election process. Well, it was done by a book. It just wasn't a book we want to read. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to thank you, Dan, because you have been out there fighting the fight to uh, represent businesses and families and employers and employees and all of us who've been deeply impacted by the uh, the China virus and the way it was managed and handled uh, here in the state of Maryland and so forth. And you've taken a lot of hits. They've, they've, well, they've you. smeared your name. They've tried to character assassinate you. And I want you to know, we appreciate you putting on the armor and putting up the fight because well, thank you. it's not you who, right? I told Dan before we did this to everybody who's listening, we need about three or four more Dan Coxes on our team. And you've been well, heroic. That's very great. That's you very really great. have been. Thank you. And, and I'm, I'm so grateful for you. You also and your father's been in the fight. I appreciate all that you've been doing and supportive. And we will carry on. And I absolutely, uh, I, you know, am honored to, to do my part in any way I can. You know, this is, you know, I have a stake in this country, too. I have a large family. My, my wife and I have, uh, you know, born and raised in, in the Maryland uh, um, history here. We love our, our state. We love our country. And yet we see it teetering on the balance of totalitarianism. And that's got to end. And the way it ends is we as citizens exercise our rights and our due process. So it's, it's an honor to fight. And they say, you know, when you're getting smeared and taking flack, it must mean I'm told that you're over the target, but we'll see. <laughs> I think you are right dead on, honestly. And I, and I, I've experienced it too. I mean, I've been, you know, attacked and I, you know, right now we just have to trust in God, our faith, our, our team and, and know thy team members, know who you're playing with everybody. It's a big deal. Make sure you got the right people on your team. Thank you so much. If I could say one more thing too, Jennifer, just on that note that you just said, President Trump and his family deserve, as we know, a huge amount of uh, applause, support, and just absolutely uh, great, grateful for them and everything they have done. If you had seen, Jennifer, what was going on, and Rudy Giuliani as well, that man is a saint. Um, he is a, a standard bearer uh, against evil in our land. And if you had seen in Philadelphia some of the things that we saw and in, in, the, uh, in the ranks of the Republican Party to see President Trump and his people graciously hold up the flag when others were saying, you know what, let's just call it in. You know what, let's just uh, concede the election to basement Biden. You know what, President Trump, to his credit, said, let's make sure every vote is legal and counted. Let's make sure that the American people are protected. I am so grateful to him for that. No other person that I can think of in, in the history of, of, of my lifetime has been willing to stand up for our laws and our freedom like President Trump. And I'm, a, in a, you know, and, and President Reagan obviously is up in that category. But I'm just so thrilled with President Trump and and his service and leadership. It was an honor to, to do any little part to help and I and, and all of his team. Jennifer, you would love his team. I mean, these are everyday. These are people that are heroes that have given their all and now are smeared. I know one guy was in tears as as a, a friend of mine. We were just you know having a beer together and he was just sharing that. Uh, he no law firm will touch him now because he served the president. And I said, you know what? That's a badge of honor. Hopefully the American people will see that and that we'll carry this forward. The end is still to be written. 
Well, on that note, I think that we, the people, need to have the backs of the people who were out there on, on, on the front line and you and your attorney buddies and gals out there who have taken the flack, we have to see how we can connect everybody because it shouldn't be that they have no useful purpose. Maybe they actually have, you have more purpose now than ever because you were in that position. And so God closes one door and opens another. So hopefully there are opportunities to put these good people to work and, and in saving our country. So God bless you, Dan. Thank you so much. And thank, thank you, you for sharing that about President Trump. Uh, I, I also feel that his family really uh, went through so much for us. And we should all be very grateful. Good. All right. God bless very you. Great. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Success Happens. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Sweeties on the Creek. We're scooping now. It's a great day. Come and check us out for some wonderful new flavors. And also, I'd like to thank KW Photography and Design for doing a great job on my website and social media work and uh, photography. She's excellent. So check out Kira Wynn at KW Photography and Design. And we'll be right back. When was the last time you had fresh homemade ice cream? Sweeties on the Creek is making ice cream. Stop in and taste our fresh made selections, including dairy free and all natural flavors. Enjoy a fresh cup of coffee with creamy shaker sundae. Taste a new fun flavor or an old yummy favorite. Sweeties, fresh made from cow to cone. Sweeties on the Creek, just up from Market Street. We're scooping now. Join us on Restaurant Row Creekside. Enjoy great restaurants including La Casona with fresh Tex-Mex favorites and happy hour weekday specials. Or Truth and Beauty offering unique, tasty American fare and brunch. Stop by Sweeties on the Creek for yummy fresh made ice cream, frozen desserts, sweet treats and plush toys. The Carroll Creek parking deck is right next door. Great food, fun times. Come visit us at Creekside. Hey everybody, I'm excited to announce our first ever Success Happens American Business Summit. This event will bring my leadership and marketing strategies to shift for success alongside the expertise of nationally recognized speaker and author, Charlie Chena. Charlie captivates his audience and will teach you how to master the mindset, mission, and moves to generate your success. Charlie and I are perfectly balanced to provide you with the tools and thinking to help you reach your business goals. You will want to be with us on June 4th at Turf Valley Resort for a full day of comprehensive strategies and fun. The day will wrap up with a lovely networking event to facilitate you building success with others. Save $200 this week only. Go to charltoncommunications.com to register. We look forward to seeing you on June 4th. It's all about your car. Call in with questions to Dave Serio, beginning in less than 30 minutes, right here on 930 WFMD. Take a listen to this next segment, which is an interview by Michael Lindell, the Pillow Man, with Dr. Franks, a physicist and mathematical scientist who has identified the algorithms that demonstrate why the uh, voter fraud is nationwide and systemic, and it is actually calculated and done well in advance to ensure they reach the outcome they desired. 
So we're gonna do, we're gonna have an hour interview here with Dr. Uh, Prank and welcome. I mean, uh, what you showed me before, I want everybody to see in this hour. So let's get into it. What's your background? I tell everybody. I'm a PhD scientist. I've been doing science for about 40 years aggressively. Got about 60 scientific publications. Right. Some of them are cover articles and invited articles because I happened to make a pretty good discovery once yeah. back in the early 90s. Uh, I left academics in 1996, and ever since then I've been teaching at a special school for extraordinarily gifted kids, as well as working on new inventions and right. analyzing election data lately. Right, right, right. <laughs> so very overqualified, everybody. But it does, yes. but what you're going to see just speaks for itself. I mean, for him to, to even dig in and get this and figure out the algorithms and then to have absolute proof. But we have over here, what you're going to see when this is done, what I showed you in absolute proof, the first... Uh, documentary we did with all the cyber attack on our country who did it when they did it why they did it we know the IP addresses the IDs of the computers everything now you're gonna see that this was nationwide and these two come together and it is absolutely fits like a glove so why don't we just get right into it so what did you what do you what do you have I found were the algorithms that mm -hmm. control how many registrations and how many ballots you need in every county to control an election uh -huh. that's what i figured out right and it's widespread it's in every state that i've checked so far and right. it's to magnificent part per million detail really? so i know it's not an accident right it has to be done by an algorithm right it cannot be done by humans it could not be done i want everybody to know that yes. but you're gonna see it's impossible to be done by right. humans. It yes. had to be done by machines, right. i.e. computers, and they had to be online? Absolutely, the whole time. Yeah. The whole time. So they, you have to beforehand, during, and after. Before, during, and after. In other words, yes. you have to plan the attacks. Yep. You have to plan the algorithms. Yep. Input them. Yep. Then it has to be online during. Yep, it does. And then afterwards to, uh, what, check your work? <laughs> <laughs> well, and clean up the And clean, clean up, up the mess. Clean up the mistakes. Because computers are stupid. They can't do anything themselves. You have right. to tell them everything. And what you tell them is a set of instructions. Right. That's called an algorithm. It's just like a recipe. Right. A recipe okay. is a set okay. of instructions. Right. And, and so don't be afraid of that word. Right, right. The first thing you need to understand about the way elections are managed is they have what they call a registration database. This is for every precinct, every county in the country, they have one of these. And in each one... You've can got, anybody get this? In yeah. most states, you can download these for free. Okay. But some states, they're expensive. Uh, right, you have right, to download right, them. Right, right. But uh, uh, politicians use these all the time because right. they tell them every person in the district. Right. And it also tells their voting history. Is this a Republican? Is this a Democrat? Right. Do they usually vote? Do they right. not vote? vote? Right. Because why would you want to go knock on a, if you're a Republican, why would you go knock on a Republican's door who you know is already going to vote for you anyway? Right. You're right. looking for the people that don't usually come out. Right. You want right. to go knock on those right. doors. So why is this significant here? Well, this is significant because this shows you, I mean, if you have access to this, which basically everybody does, you notice that this person here votes a lot and they're a Republican. But this person hardly ever votes and only every once in a this while. down here hardly never voted. Yes. But he only voted once here. What's that? This is the November 3rd election here, this last call. So the only time in his life he voted was right there. Exactly. And there are a lot of those, too many of those, this time around. Right. But I don't think that's an accident. I don't even think they're real. Right. And so when we were originally starting this work, we actually went out and knocked on doors after to find we out a person like this was real. Yes. Were they real? Thirty percent. We predicted. We went to sixteen hundred houses, knocking on doors. Right. We trained a whole bunch of volunteers. It took about four days. Right. They found. We predicted that we'd find about thirty percent of the houses we knocked on would have at least one phantom voter. What that means is 
it says on the roll that John Smith lives at this address right. and that John Smith voted. Right. But then you go knock on the door and no John Smith lives right, there. Right. Okay, so wait a minute. That's right. a phantom voter. So you were basically, when you, this raised a flag. Yep. And yep. then you said, well, I'm going to go out just to make sure I'm not going down a bad, a bad path. Let's find out if these people really exist or exactly. not. Your theory, though, proved right. 30% yes. did not exist. It's 32 or 32 <laughs> but we predicted 30 and we found okay. 32 so that's right. really good so this is not just theoretical so have... that so that made you go i'm going all in i'm gonna look at this yeah, absolutely okay. And, okay. And, and absolutely in every precinct you can show too like for example in this precinct this is by age and this is i'm sorry this is by age and how many people in this particular precinct this just happens to be one from ohio you notice that this is the number of people this is by age and this is, I'm sorry, this is by age and how many people in this particular precinct. This just happens to be one from Ohio. You notice that this is the number of people that are registered by age, the right. blue curve. And then this is the number of ballots you have by age. So if you needed some more ballots, right. if you needed to, because you wanted to swing one of the down right. ballot elections, like there's some judge you want to win, you just have to go along and find out, well, gee, I've got a few more voters here. Let's go look and see who never votes, and let's print a ballot for them right, and turn right, it in. Right. It's a really simple thing. So right. that's an algorithm. Right. Find the people that never vote, print ballots, turn right, the ballots. Right, right. They don't even know. So the only way to know, the only way to know an election, whether it's ballot or not, is to actually confirm every mail-in ballot. You have to go say, did Mr. John Smith, is, does he right, really live right. here? Did he really right. print that ballot? Right. And so then, so how, so what is all these matching and stuff? Um, yeah. You showed me before we had a, a chart where they, yes. where, where, where they're taking the data. Can you show us what the machines did? The fun thing about this, by the way, too, Mike, that I just love about it is you've done some really excellent forensic work on the one side of the. Talking about absolute proof, the documentary we did where we have the spyware and these American heroes that were, that were whistleblowers and stuff that were there yes. and that worked for the government and stuff that former and present that were there and they were taking these footprints, these cyber footprints, <laughs> right. the night of the election, actually from November 1st to the 5th. And we have all the IP addresses, the IDs of the computers. We have all this of the attacks. When I heard what you're going to see here, yes. it just, whew, it's yes. just um, so amazing. I was on the edge of my seat watching that. Right. Their, and their, you, had no, you, you had no idea. Your work was done and you're going, wow, now you knew who did it, right? Exactly. Yeah. I can see. But the thing about it is, you're showing the incursions into the machines, right. but what do they do when they're there? They right. have to know what to do. Right. That's what the algorithm okay. is well, telling let's them see, what let's to do. Uh, yeah, let's see what you got. Everything here, anybody can do. Anybody you can, can do. You can download right. it and confirm. Right. Okay. So okay. This, that's part of So right. anyway, so here's the population. This is downloaded from the census. You can see the millennials and the baby boomers. And right. The people what what this is, it's just a graph of Ham Hamilton County yep. and the age group of each one on yep. the graph. So there's 10, 000, or 11,000 people around 60 years of age. Yeah, okay. exactly. All right. This curve, this black curve, is from that voter database that I showed you a minute ago. This is how many people of each age are registered. Okay, now that's impossible, correct? <laughs> yes, and the look Everybody's your... registered. And then there's a little line here where there's more people registered than there are population. How interesting. Yeah. And a, and a little bit over here, too. Right. But right. still, when I've shown this to political experts, right. they're all saying, Doc, no, 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 it can't be that much. It's supposed to be about 80%. Right. No, this is like 95%. 95, right. So, so okay. that's the first... That that's raised the, a flag with you. That's the first red flag. Okay, right. that doesn't make any make sense. The red curve here, from right. the same voter database, these are the people who turned in ballots. Right. 
Okay, and notice I didn't call them real voters because I don't think a lot of them are. Right, okay, right. don't think they aren't. You know they aren't. Now. I know they aren't. Now, now, now I <laughs> because but if I'm a scientist going into it, I didn't know, but now no, I know. Right, right. Let's make that clear. There's <laughs> yes. no room. This is 100. Yes. percent We know machines did this. Exactly. Okay, so what you have here? Yes. And you show me for this. Notice that the ballots turned in match the exact curves. The odds of that are impossible. Oh, yes. And then look at the, I want everyone to look at this because this is going to come up. That little jump and that little flip, yeah. you know, it's a, the exact same pattern. All of a sudden, everyone, exact percentage yes. gets turned in uh, and votes. I mean, of every age group. It's, now, it's ridiculous. Right. Now, with this, uh, was that another flag? Yes. If I just take the black curve and multiply it by 86%, right. that helps you to see that those little bumps and wiggles are just absolutely reproduced. Right. It's just the odds of that happening in one county are ridiculously small. Right. But guess what? They happen in every county. Every county. And it's the and, and did you do every county in Ohio? All eighty-eight. All eighty-eight counties. Yeah. And they were all the same pattern. And I'll show you that pattern because it's even better than this. I call it the key. So if you think of it, you can think of that 86% number as the key that converts the registrations into the ballots. Right. And so that's flag number two. Right, <laughs> flag right. number two, that those are similar. Now, the thing is, is we don't have to just use one number. We could use a different proportion for every age. Right. right. Okay? Did and they do that? In other words, if you use a different proportion for every age, right. then you just have a little more sophisticated key. When I show you that key, you're going to be surprised because okay. that's also some breadcrumbs mm -hmm. as to the algorithm. If I use those proportions, then this is the ballots on top of the registrations. But you set those proportions yourself yes. just to see if there was duplicated across the state. Yes, and, exact, and that's why it doesn't quite agree here. Because actually, I'm using one set of proportions for the... It doesn't work anymore. Thanks for listening to Success Happens. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Mike Lindell interviewing Dr. Franks. You can find the complete interview at Mike, sorry, at MichaelJLindell.com or on my Success Happens YouTube channel. Have a great week. We'll see you next Saturday morning at 9 a.m. on Success Happens. News Radio 930. WFMD Frederick.